Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. Uh, we are back after our um, mid-season, well, our off-season hiatus due to the lockout. I mean, we weren't we weren't locked out ourselves, but there just wasn't a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, it's been well, how long is it, Sam, since the lockout ended? Uh, like three weeks, two weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks, something like that. Yeah. Whatever time period it is, anyway, it's been like very eventful. After no baseball news for like two or three months, it's all happened at once. Um, yeah, player movement, and I mean mainly player movement, but spring, spring training started, and it seems like it's all back on track. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for the season now. Um, so yeah, what, what, should we should we talk a bit about how uh, how we got back um, out of the lockout? Yeah, well, it was it, it sort of happened very quickly, didn't it? Like there was when they had the games that they cancelled that are now actually not cancelled; they're just delayed, um, and the sides seemed miles apart. And then I think it looked on paper like the players had got a lot of what they wanted, like the owners had had to move more towards the players. Yeah. Um, and then the knock-on effect has been, yeah, like you said, an incredibly fun off-season. The bit before, because people were clearly working to a deadline because they knew the lockout was coming, and then now they're working to a, an even more important deadline because actual, base, actual baseball is about to happen, so they had to get on with stuff. Um, it's been um, NBA, NFL-style off-season yeah. entertainment. Um, Which... but. The We're LB, LB hasn't had for the last few years. I mean, it's a couple of years recently has been like very, very uneventful. The opposite of this, out. really. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like I think it's the free agent class has helped as well with that. I think it's been I... one for a while, hasn't it? This like this this year, absolutely packed. I agree. I think there's also just. Um, so it was deadlines in this instance in um, football and basketball. They have the salary cap, which mean like forces everyone to do stuff quickly. Um, and I wonder, I mean, we'll come on to some of the teams that have spent that maybe we were surprised they spent or how they spent. I wonder if those extra postseason spots um, maybe encouraged a couple of these deals that they might not have done otherwise. Yeah, just that teams now suddenly think that the playoffs are within reach that they wouldn't have done yeah, before the lockout. It's, it's very divisive, isn't it? The extra playoff spots, but I kind of like it. Although, I'm not, do you know exactly what the format is? Because um, I, oh, I, I know, I know we, we've talked a bit about what we like it to be, but I can't remember. What I'm just going to check it up. Ended up with. Um, but yeah, I quite like the idea of more teams, but also. I'd like it if there's a balance where you can have more teams playing playoff games, but the teams with better records still have an advantage. Like you have in the NFL, really. Um, you get bye weeks and stuff. And in the NBA, yeah. where home court is such a big thing. Like that, get having a home seed is actually quite important. Um, yeah, so this is what I thought it was. I just had to double check it so I didn't get it wrong, which would be embarrassing. Um, it's now six teams um, in each league. The division winners um, get the top three seeds organised by record. 
The top two of those get a buy into the division round. So the three wild cards and the worst division winner all go into a um, okay. a wild card round in three game series. What? So three game series both times, both rounds of the wild card round, or what's that? No, there's only one wild card round. There's one wild card round. Okay. Four teams, and then so it'll the... be like so it'll be the the worst division winner against the lowest wild card team. Yeah, which in some cases is actually going to be like um, they're they're going to be yeah. Like I mean, miles apart a couple of years, apart. couple of years recently where that would not be an uneven matchup. Well, last year, so the Cardinals got the second wild card berth with ninety wins, and the worst division winner had eighty eight wins. So there you go. Who was the, who was the worst division winner? The Braves, who then won the World Series, um, okay. which is actually an argument yeah, why yeah, some people don't want the bigger playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> but they were also. I don't know. I did, that was also their division, though, wasn't it? Much so, I think. Well, and they lost the guy who looked like he was going to win MVP halfway through the season, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, should we move on to the actual some of the off-season stuff that's happened? Um, yeah, sure, we can do. But yeah, I, I overall, I'm quite positive about the um, the changes. Though I don't think they've done it. Ended up with anything too uh, drastic. It's going to ruin things. Um, like upsets the balance too much. Anyway. No, and I think the general like. I mean, we'd we could do a whole podcast series on how we could redistribute money going towards players and how it would improve things and some of the contracts you might come on to about they end up getting handing out and players receiving these contracts that kind of suck um, because of the way the system works. They have addressed that to a degree, though, like that they have made changes in the right direction with that. It's still obviously not as far as I yeah. would like, but there was, that seemed like progress, didn't it, towards the, things the that are generally better. Thing, which is new, isn't it? The bonus pool where basically an extra pool of money that gets distributed between minimum players based yeah. on their performance. Um, and alterations to arbitration and that kind of thing. I mean, we didn't get anywhere near what the players wanted initially, but um, I think it's generally just positive for the sport what's happened. And the fact we're going to get 162 games yeah. feels like a huge win. I mean, a month ago, we were thinking like, I mean, they're probably going to play at some point, but we could be looking at 60 or 80 sort of thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that would have been terrible, wouldn't it? After the pandemic year as well, it's kind of yeah. It's like it's like baseball is like not they're just not playing as much as they should be for whatever reason. It's hard to grow a sport if you never actually play the sport. Yeah, can't really get an audience if there's no baseball to actually watch. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. At least they finally sorted out, and they should. I think it's last few years, didn't it, the CBA? So hopefully. Yeah, we've got a while until we're in that situation again, which they probably will be. But um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, on to player movement because that is all the the news and all the clicks. That's where all the clicks are. So <laughs> um, better talk about some of that. It has I mean, been like NFL, NBA levels of drama by baseball's standards. This this little window as well, starting yeah. with the Freeman stuff. The, the hometown or the homegrown player, not hometown. He's now more hometown than he was. Um, 
but him leaving the World Series winners to go to the super team. Like, there's all, yeah. all sort of, you know, NBA level sort of drama and nonsense going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. The Dodgers have got another, like, MVP caliber hitter in their lineup. Yes. Yes, I it mean, is. So it's like every year they just add a new one. Um, but still lost the division to the Giants. <laughs> um, yep, and still didn't win the World Series. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it, that they... I guess, again, it's an argument against the bigger playoffs. Is like They are clearly the best team for like a decade Yeah. in the sport. Like Pretty much every year, they've been the best team. And then a couple of times, it's been like touch and go because someone else has been incredible. And they have one title, and it was in the year where you can kind of poke fun at it a little bit. Yeah. Quite fun as a Giants fan, though. But otherwise, yeah, it's like... Yeah, they really probably deserve to have won more. Um, with just the, the how good they've been, but then on the other hand, I mean they, they are just super rich and they just spend a ridiculous amount of money. I mean they're they're well run as well, which makes them so good. But yeah, their their total payroll is two hundred seventy three million for this season now, um, and the Mets that we're all getting giddy over. Look, the, the Steve Cohen tax they brought it. They want to make it so that he can't keep spending. They're actually their twenty six man payroll is slightly less than the Mets. But their overall is more. Um, yes, if you have mega spending like that, and then you do it well, you kind of become unbeatable, yeah. like Manchester City. And then the only time they're not unbeatable is when they're in a knockout competition. Manchester City can't get over the hurdle in the Champions League. Dodgers can't win as many World Series as it looks like they should have done. Yeah, there's some similarities there, I think. Yeah, I mean the. The six years one sixty of Freeman doesn't seem like that much. If that that's what the if that's what the Braves um were offered as well. I don't know. Like they maybe they could have done that for their like franchise player. Yeah. I felt more Which like that until sort of the Olsen extension. Yeah, because they're that's basically what they've done, they've done a straight swap, haven't they? They've got Malson, who similarly is like a really good defensive first baseman, has lots of power. I mean, he's pr- maybe not quite the level of hitter Freeman is, like all round. Oh, he's, he's pretty close though. Um, but yeah, He's a more of a it, raw power guy, yeah, that, that is fair. Um, but yeah, basically, they've just got younger, haven't they? They made a decision. We'll get the guy who's like five years younger, four years younger, or whatever. Um, and they've they've signed him for eight years um, on a relatively reasonable contract. Um, how old is he? He's, he's he's about to turn twenty eight. Matt Olson, yeah, four years younger. Yeah. And then giving him two extra years on the deal, which you like, if you just go by the aging curves, that's like cutting off the sort of worst years, I guess, is the idea. Yeah, because yeah, that, that Freeman contract though might not—you might not end up with a bad bill on that. It's hard to know from this point. Like anything could happen in six years, but he's is a. Um... It feels compared to the other deals we've seen, six years for a guy who's as great as he is feels yeah. nice, doesn't it? I know he's thirty-two, and his, and his profile. 
Yeah, but he's awesome now, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. you're right about the profile. But like, he's just amazing at the moment. Um, there's no health concerns there. Um, he's one four three weighted runs credit plus since 2015. Basically the same as Joey Votto. Obviously Votto has declined a bit since then. Eighth among active players, that is. Look, that's that's insanely good, and he's an elite defensive first baseman as well. Yeah, it's just it's just scary, really, isn't it, that lineup now? Um, with the Dodgers, or but, scarier, yeah. yeah. I think pretty scary. In, in some ways, it can make sense. I think it, you you can sort of yeah. The more you think about it, it does kind of make sense for both. Although, what was do you know what the uh, AAV was on the Olsen deal? Uh, I'm just going to look that up. Uh, um, no, I can't find that. It was lower than um, it was lower than Freeman's, obviously. Eight year, 168. There you go. Okay, yeah. Which buys out some um, arbitration, of course. Um, yeah. So they've got yeah, they basically the slightly cheaper deal. Decide to go younger. Um, and who knows? It might have been that Freeman was asking for more than that. He ended up signing with from the Braves. As we're saying, that does seem like a uh, like fairly low. I think there was also stuff like about that. Freeman wanting to go back to California as well, wasn't there? That maybe, I mean, yeah. you never really know. There's lots of PR going on from both sides. I think is the Braves people will be pushing out. Oh yeah, he didn't really want to stay here anyway. And Freeman's side will be saying like something else, and it you, we, it's hard to really have any like clarity on what happened there. Um, it felt like it really sucked at first because there was a little gap between they've traded for Olsen, Freeman's gone to the Dodgers, and it was like oh Olsen's a free agent in two years' time. Then, yeah. then they got that big extension, and it completely changed how I felt about the whole kind of maneuver from the Braves. It's like, well, actually, yeah, I kind of get that. Is maybe doing six or seven years for Freeman was a little bit scary for them because they've yeah. got this young core and more yeah, to come. Who knows? Maybe Olsen may improve as well from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's obviously shown huge power already. Like, you know, he might, yeah, he, he could have better years than this ahead of him. Uh, whereas Freeman, though, has had his, I think his last two years were like his best years of his career. When he's in his thirties, so that also that I think suggests, you know, he he's going to be at that level for a while. I'd say. Yeah, you'd imagine so, and I mean, particularly now he's at the Dodgers. Not yeah, many people go to the Dodgers and get worse. No. Um, are the Dodgers in general though? Actually, what do you make of their like? Well, their their like overall roster and their sort of chances now this year the Dodgers yeah um I mean it feels very similar weird to say to like any other year where they have the best roster in baseball and they're going to win 100 plus games again um like this is an all-time great lineup it's just silly what they've managed to put together here yeah I um, I what about their starting, though? I don't know. I I mean, they've got... I guess it, there's a, a question mark with Kershaw in a big way, isn't there? That's yeah. part of it. And obviously Scherzer's um, gone. And I think... Um, yeah. 
I mean, what's, I don't know what's going on with Bauer. I think he's he's not going to be playing baseball anytime soon. Um, Urias so, obviously yeah. had a massive year. I mean, I guess it's something I mean, that's Ur- a bit Urias, thin. Ur- Urias and Bueller, I'd say, the the guys now. But yeah, other than that, I'd say there's a lot of question marks there, really. Dustin May is is um is on his way back, I guess. Yeah, he yeah he was out, wasn't he? When when actually, oh no, he's not he's not due back anytime soon. I've just had to look up look that up. But I mean, he'll be back at some point in the year. Um, yeah, only twenty three innings pitched last year though, as well. So it's like well, because he busted his yeah busted his arm, didn't he? But um, I mean, he's he's he, he's been really good when he has pitched. He's pitched like 113 major league innings over three years so far in his career. So, yeah, he's been really good before the injury in like, well, three, two thirds, let's say these days of season of, of worst of pit, uh, innings. Um, but then he's had an injury, and so I don't, I don't really know what you can expect from him really this year. I kind of bank on them just getting like a really strong year from some of these other guys they pick up though. So Gonsolin's still there. They've got Heaney and um, Tyler Anderson. Like they're not going to be as deep in the rotation as they've been other years. Okay. But like they only had Scherzer for half of last year. I think they often start off with a rotation that you can like pick apart a little bit, and then they'll make a move, and somehow it looks better or someone appears. Because um, they went through lots of last season just like with two starters appearance, didn't they? And just like got the out somehow. Yeah, I guess so. But they also have just signed Danny Duffy, I think. Um, yeah, who's also recovering. Yeah. Well, that does seem to be... Um, uh, listen to a podcast to talk about this, actually. But it does seem to be a bit of a strategy the Dodgers have, and also like the Giants do now. Which the Giants basically are now working on very much the same model of running a baseball team as the Dodgers do. Yeah, but this this idea of basically market inefficiencies in getting um, injured players and basically banking on your team having like the best, you know, rehabilitation and stuff compared to anyone else in the league. So you get these guys, you know, um, bring them back to health, and then you've got like an actual really good player again. I think it's a pretty fair like or reasonable game to play that. And yeah. even if it's not about you having better rehabilitation, just being like, because they're both big market teams that are yeah. relatively willing to spend, is that you, we're happy paying you for half a year. Although they do, I think they do also, that is a big emphasis of stuff as well, like um, rehab and everything. And I think they they literally, oh, I can't remember, I mean, you know, Sarah's mentioned on a podcast I was listening to, but the Giants literally have someone whose job is like, director of health something or other and it's basically yeah. you know just you know follow all the like cutting edge um sports rehab stuff and everything and they just try and be like right at the forefront of that well it does seem I yeah mean, it seems like an easy place to make a lot of gains on your opposition that yeah and it has worked doesn't it for uh, both of the teams in the past yeah yeah i think um more broadly, like with the Dodgers roster development, what's really interesting is how unafraid they are to let people walk. Because often you see teams yeah. get knotted up, either in someone that's had success 
or someone they brought through and often both is when they then get a like sentimental contract and maybe it's you don't think of it as sentimental if they're as great as Corey Seager and maybe it's not it's different like you don't just hand out 10 years and 320 million like that usually but franchise like the Dodgers could end up doing that and they basically yeah. stick to their guns don't they it's like if they don't think it's a good deal they won't do it and I know that sounds really reductive but that's not how loads of other teams seem to operate no it's and like, it's like, well, so it's like we're keeping this guy whatever or we're getting this guy like they, they just yeah. have a guy that they, they're going to get them whatever and the actual value is actually almost doesn't come into it that much I mean, look at the Seager and the Freeman contracts. I know you look, you're talking shortstop and first baseman there, but like with their respective durability, their track yeah. records. I mean, and yeah, now Seager is quite well. a bit younger, but yeah, that, that Seager contract seemed way too big to me. I mean, out of yeah. available shortstop free agents as well, he's not, he wasn't up there, was he? No, well, he's good, up there, but he's not. I mean, I don't know, career that, and though. story ahead of him. Good segue into Carlos Correa getting the highest average annual value for any infielder ever. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous, isn't it? But, I mean, yeah, he is probably the guy out of this free agent class that you would expect that. But also, but also they end up not, not the getting twins, the long though. deal. <laughs> no, not the Twins. And also not the long deal. Like people no. were expecting. Like, there were all the talk was, like Seekers ended up with and lots of other players have ended up with these stupid long deals. Um, what is it, three years? Three years, um, 100 and lots, 100 yeah. and something million. Uh, is, isn't it 35.1 the AAV, I think? Yeah. Because Rendon was 35. Yeah, that's it. Does he have opt-outs? After each year of the three-year deals. Because he, um, he's only age 27 season as well. I think Seager's age 28 season or something. But this the thing is you've ended up with loads of these... Um, or quite a few of these like shortstop, you know, superstar shortstops hitting free agency when then like at quite a young age for free agent. I mean, yeah, and that's if, how you've ended up with Correa this. played ninety nine games in his age twenty campaign is absolutely wild. Yeah, and and they were good as well. Eight five seven OPS. Yeah, age twenty season. That's I just absolutely love this deal. I mean, I love that it's different. And it's not just I want 350 million and then you get 320 million and you know that contract's going to suck at the end. And that even if he's a hero for the franchise, you're going to get this bit of pain where the fans are sick of the sight of you. And it it brings the the team like the Twins into the market. The Twins managed to move off of Donaldson's deal and send it to the Yankees so they could get the Correa money in. And that he's gone for... Yeah, I mean, he's still... He won't be an old free agent, even if he does all three years. No, he'll, he'll then even then he'll be like age thirty, won't he? He could still get Which, the eight, nine, yeah. maybe even ten year deal if he's like I mean, MVP yeah. level. I mean, often yeah, often those deals are given out to like thirty year olds. Yeah, but, he needs yeah. to prove consistency and durability. Partly, though, I think. Um, yeah. And if he does, I mean, that's part, I guess that's maybe the reason he's doing this is, is if, if he was gunning for the Harper sort of contract and people, the sort of, there was a reluctance to do that is just, okay, well, I'll show you. He just finished fifth in MVP voting last year. I mean, if he does that in one of these seasons and then opts out, 
Yeah, then that's yeah, then he could be on for even bigger, couldn't he? Even that's when he can play the Chris Bryant game, which it seems like what Bryant did this off season was just most money, most years. Even if I yeah. play for the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, that's such a shame that deal. I think in a way, but also um, seems kind of stupid from the Rockies' point of view. I don't know what, what to do. My notes it's say: like Does pushes, anyone know what the Rockies are doing? It pushes them. It pushes them from like the worst. I think. There's actual projections, I think, from what, what I've heard earlier before. That signing pushes them from being like the worst team in baseball by projections to being one game better than the Orioles. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? One game better than the Orioles. That's what we're all building towards. Yeah, $160 million contract for that, or whatever it was. Yeah. I think it's $162 million. Jesus. I mean, he... Okay, so Brian, um, we've spoken about a lot Um He's versatile in the sort of not versatile way, in that he can play lots of positions not particularly well. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it, it, yeah. Last year for the Giants, he was not good in the outfield. I think you can say not good is being very, very kind. Um, and the this, I get why he's gone. Yeah, and, well, they've right. also they've also just signed um, Brian McMahon to a big extension. He's been playing third base quite well as well. So, yeah, and I mean, um, what, you're going to have a, a guy of Bryant's size as he ages playing on that huge outfield. Yeah, so there's, there's those issues. From Bryant's side, I get it. In that, like, people want to go for the security in the longest amount, longest contracts, no trade clause, and he just wants to live. Pretty cool place to go and live. Awesome, fine. I think the fact that he had the service time nonsense a few years ago, he was delayed a year to free agency, the grievance and all that mess probably put him more towards wanting to go for this kind of deal. And the yeah. fact that he also has had injury issues, like we mentioned with Correa and Seager. Um, and while he's still like an all-star-ish player, he's not trending in the direction that you want. Like he, no, he's a, he's... he was 123 weighted runs credit plus last year, which is good and everything. But it's not like he's he's not been 140 by that metric since 2017. Like that's yeah. a long time ago now. He's just I mean, not he's, that guy. He was quite good in 2019. He was over 900 OPS 2019. But yeah, I mean, why these? So he had a bad a bad pandemic year in 2020, which uh, that's, yeah, you know, shrug in it. Shrug. I mean, I mean, Correa was bad that year as well. Like a lot, of, a lot of really good players. Were. Yeah, Correa was like league average. I think that's easy. yeah. And then it was like last year. He's yeah. He's he was solid, not outstanding. Twenty-five bombs, um, you know, like just over eight hundred, like very, very hundred OPS. It's like, yeah, I mean, if he's just that player, I mean, of course his numbers will go up anyway. I guess. Well, there's a chance he's gonna, um, he's gonna end up with some other like crazy career numbers if he plays all of those years at like a half decent level. Maybe that's part of the just like reasoning as well. Is like he he wants to have an enormous number of hits. He might win a load of batting titles. Like he's still a yeah. really brilliantly rounded hitter. It's possible that he is going to have like three twenty, forty home run seasons sort of thing there. Yeah. Like he's that kind of good. Like he, he might start producing like Arenado did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd almost expect that to be honest. Um, it doesn't mean it's a good contract though, of course. But it's, it's, it's just, just the, uh, on the, off the back of the signing Arenado, that big deal. And then basically paying, the Cardinals to take him or something. 
Yeah, wasn't it fifty and million? And he was he was like actually a franchise player. Um, I don't know. I feel like they could have just kept him instead. Really. Well, or, or if they're really that fussed about trying to be kind of half good, why did they let Story and John Gray leave? Yeah. I, if I, it was you wanted to move, because Aaron Ida was reportedly really unhappy, wasn't he? I think he was sick of that they weren't trying or whatever. Okay, if it was just a personality clash there, and I know there's been changes in the front office since then, I think, um, then fine. But if, if it's like, well, we're willing to spend and improve this team now, well, you could have got Story, who, by the way, I really like the contract he got from the Red Sox. Um, and Gray, or maybe you let them leave and this Bryant money you were going to spend, maybe the idea is you can only afford the Bryant contract and nothing else. Well, don't do it on one guy. No, I mean, it's, yeah, as I was saying, it's not, it's not made them anywhere near being a competitive team. Um, and don't seem to have much of a route to being a competitive team at any point. Well, one so, of their routes would have been lots of smaller deals, short deals that they could then flip at the deadline. Yeah, at least build the farm system or something. But they've had a really good farm system. Like a few years ago, they had a really good farm system. Um, but these guys just don't come through somehow. I mean, um, McMahon now has got that extension. I think he was decent, wasn't he? he had a... I think he had a strong year, yeah, in the end. Um, but you've got lots of these other guys who are like... Um... Hampson. Yeah, Hampson, who's Rogers. not really performed yet. I mean... Ryan McMahon actually wasn't great last year. Had a, had a 90 OPS plus last year, but they've still given him a huge extension. I, I don't know, don't know why they've done that. He's not a free agent that soon. I was going to say, did he have like a massive second half? And he didn't. That's, that was okay. nonsense. He was worse in the second half marginally. Okay. It's fine, fine. I, d- I don't understand at all, really. Oh, it's not even. I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought he's like he's like a solid player, isn't he? I think. I thought, like, my idea is he's a solid player. He's versatile. He's, like, a decent defender, I think. And he's meant to have, He was, like, a really high rate prospect. So maybe he's going to break out and then it's going to look good. But why? I don't know why. Why did you do that now? Yeah. I mean, that looking at his actual numbers, what he's actually done in the major leagues, it just seems like a massive overpay now. Yeah, I don't really understand anything the Rockies are doing. And that Bryant contract was no different. Um, is is baffling in the extreme, um, and frustrating, to be honest. Like, it's a weird one because I, I mean, I was gonna just gonna make a quick note of stuff like, because said about this encouraged some teams to spend, and we weren't sure how good all that spending was. Um, there are ten teams with a payroll under one hundred million at the moment. Um, yeah. The A's and the Reds are cutting salary at an incredible rate. Just anyone that's on more than league minimum, they seem to be trying to get rid of. Um, and so in the same light as being kind of critical and like, like, why are you doing that? It feels a little bit disingenuous to then slag off the Rockies for giving out a massive contract. But it's not it's not that simple, is it? Like what the Rockies are doing, it's not just spending good, spending good, not spending bad. Like what the Rockies have done here is not going to help them win now or longer term. No, I don't think so, really. Because um... the thing with the Twins one, like, it's a completely different contract, obviously. That Correa deal, if he is, like like we said, MVP level-ish this year, and the Twins are maybe not good, like some people are expecting. I mean, they were bottom of their division last year. He's a massive trade asset. 
Yeah, well, yeah, with that contract, that's not like, yeah, if like, I mean, that's not a um, gonna put people off, is it? No, what and like, like really with it, with a ten-year deal, it's anyway. basically someone has people don't have any value if they're on like, you know, six, seven, eight, or longer deal. Well, you Brian got a no trade. Away. Brian got a no trade too. So there's not even like if it, I just yeah. that's yeah. I, I don't get like I don't really see what the upside is for the Rockies anyway. At the same time, like the fan base now gets to watch Chris Bryant and he's really, really good at baseball and he might put up some silly, silly numbers in the yeah. next in the next three or four years. He might do yeah. some silly stuff. They, so that'd be kinda cool. They can do their own thing, I guess, but it's not really relevant to many of the other teams in baseball, uh and you know, about winning a title or anything, but I guess they can they can do what they want. Um, no, just just leave the NL West to the other teams. Just, just you have fun in your your weird ballpark and your crazy, massive home runs. Like it's entertaining at least at Coors Field, and Chris Bryant's going to be fun because there's they would have been the most miserable team in the league without him, wouldn't they? I think. Yeah. This year, probably. I mean, they might be still. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it, it, the Orioles actually have people arriving now. Like Rutschman's due to come up this year, so yes. Yeah, and I look at the other teams that really sucked. I mean, the Pirates. That's actually that's good. The Pirates probably are the, the saddest this year, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. The Pirates don't even have great prospects, now, do they? Really? Because I mean, the Rangers just won 102 games and they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. <laughs> um, so it's not them. Yeah, yeah. This. That's also a weird one, isn't it? I mean, this isn't stuff that's happened recently, the Samuel Seeger thing, but that is bizarre. Where they are, they were a bad team last year, very much a bad yeah. team, and they've gone the other way. Instead of cutting salary, they've just thrown loads of money at it. But now they're what, like an average team? Or although to be fair, they're an average team that ranks like dead in the middle in payroll. If you want to talk about yeah. teams that could still be average. The Phillies are fourth in payroll now. They just gave huge contracts to Castellanos and Schwarber. Yeah, they've decided they're not. They don't care about people catching the ball in the outfield. No, they're not going to bother with that. They're <laughs> they're the prime team that you look at and think that's the extra wild card spot that's nudged them. I think because I still have them third and maybe by a distance third in their division, but that might not matter in a way that it would have done like last year. Um, yeah, their lineup depth. Weirdly, they still have like a little bit towards the bottom of the lineup where it doesn't look that amazing. Um, it, but it's it's way better than it was where it was just like Harper and then some other people playing baseball. Um, they've then they've also thrown money at the bullpen, I think. Um, which again, like we, I think we spoke about in the podcast previously about bullpens being. I don't, it's not a culture thing. It's like a coaching thing. There's all sorts of stuff that goes to bullpens where like. You could put all of the greatest relievers of all time in a bullpen, and sometimes you put that a franchise, and it just all crumbles for some reason. Yeah, and they franchises like if their bullpen sucks, yeah. it seems to they, keep sucking. There, it seems to be there are there are good bullpen franchises and bad bullpen franchises. Almost that's almost the way I see it sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah, and the the Phillies are one that's usually not great, are they? But on paper, Knebel, Alvarado, Familia, Hand. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a really good core of a bullpen. Yeah. I am not convinced until that happens. And there are signs with, I mean, Familia and Brad Hand are not as good as they once were, giving money to relievers 
who are potentially on a downswing is a little bit scary, I think. Yeah, I feel like that's something that um, the, the people used to do. They used to do that back like five years ago. And um, I think most teams kind of learn a lesson. That's, that's not a particularly good strategy. When you had the, um, well, Melanson, obviously, for the Giants was awful, was an awful deal. But then even, like, I mean, Janssen was still good for the Dodgers after that, but he was not as good as before that. Like, he was dropping off. Yeah. While they were paying him a lot of money. They're short and, that, and, now, and now they've they've not even taken him back on a one-year deal. Did he go to the Braves, actually? What? Yeah. That, that was another one that falls into the Dodgers knowing when to call it quits. The yeah. one year, and I think he got four, it was fourteen or sixteen, um, and that's like that doesn't matter to the Dodgers. They could have done that if they wanted to. There's clearly a number there, you'd think, or maybe they were just no, no, we've seen it, we know it's about to crumble. Um, yeah. But that's the thing where other franchises would just be like, well, it's only one year deal. We'll just get a guy back, and clearly there's something there that either the price point or maybe yeah, something. I, I, he had velocity drop off, didn't he? I think last year. Um, the yeah, yeah that they. They kind of stand their ground on this stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, maybe it's not great for the fans at some point, but when you are, when they've, well, they did win the division 10 years in a row. That streak has now ended. But when you're doing that, I guess it, you, it doesn't matter, does it, too much? And there's, I mean, the yeah, they, they also keep bringing Kershaw back. Yeah, a couple I of guess times that's... Kershaw looked like he could actually leave now, and then he does come yeah, back. maybe that's one that's not, yeah, it's a bit against that. Maybe he, he is, he's a guy they're not going to do that with. Um, but then if anyone's deserved that sort of treatment, I guess it's Clayton Kershaw, so fair enough. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what I want to talk about, if we've got time to fit in. Um, we, was the yeah, Sayer-Suzuki like, deal? Another, you've got like seven minutes, I'd say. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Sayer Suzuki ended up at the Cubs. Which no one really seemed to teams. be saying he was going to go to the Cubs. Like, it no. seemed all Padres, and there was a little bit of Giants talk in there. And then and then everyone always has to mention Seattle, obviously. <laughs> um, and I was amazed by this. I was absolutely stunned. Genuinely, I, just, I, I had to like double take when I saw the news breaking of the size of the contract. Yeah, it's... Is it... I can't remember. Six five, five, and eighty-five though. Yeah, That's a lot of money. Yeah, a guy. This guy's never played in the major leagues. Yeah. Oh, he was born the same year as me. Jesus. I have not got a five-year, eighty-five million dollar contract this winter. Um, oh. Unfortunately, um, I guess. I mean, he's a little bit younger than I thought, but at the same time, I mean, he's a nine-four-three. OPS for his career, which is like really good, obviously. 38 yeah. homers last year. But there's so like a drop of it. But um, yeah, there's a really patchy track record on these deals, though. Because like the, there's been people who've come over with like really strong CVs and then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think Japanese, other than um, obviously we've got Ichiro, Japanese hitters. Trying to think of other Japanese hit. Well, it's Shoyotani. I mean, he's been good. But other Japanese hitters, other than those two, Jeez, in that recent was a, times. That was a flaming hot take, that, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Chiatani, good at baseball, yeah. Um, probably. Are there? Is there much? I mean, there aren't. It's not that often, is it? You get Japanese hitters coming over. There's been quite a few Koreans, but I think, in general, like the Korean league is a like a lot lower standard than the Japanese league. I'm just looking at this. Yeah, there's uh, the very very few hitters. Nori Aoki was one of the most recent ones. San Francisco Giants legend. Loads of pitches. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's generally it's pretty much all pitches since since two thousand and eight. There was one, two, three, four hitters from Japan. Yeah. So there's not. That's Japanese, sorry, rather than from, from yeah. the Japanese baseball um, leagues. But then, isn't that doesn't that scare you more? Like this, this is not a transition that many people have made. People have made it in the past successfully, but like not in the last decade, really. Other than uh, Shohitani. Yeah, and it's like why well, he's just sort of in the kind of he's a freak like. Don't know if that really helps us with very much at this point. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It could go wrong, but also at this point, the the Cubs are very much. Well, they're in a weird position now, aren't they? With that deal and the Stroman deal as well. I guess it's kind of a we're not going to go full being terrible mode. It's what you should do if you are yeah, a team that will. The one you're going to suck is you should do these sort of things. Like the Stroman one yeah. is another that has like huge trade potential, um, and the Suzuki one is not necessarily about a trade, but it's like well he's young enough, and for five years, I guess it's one of those where if that was a three year deal, it actually doesn't make that much sense for the Cubs. No, is I don't know what the upside is for them there, but like now he's going to. If he's good, he's going to be there when they're next competitive. Yeah, and they just try and find some pieces to put around them because they don't. Am I right in thinking they don't really have a farm system at the moment? I don't think they have very much. No. Um, interestingly, but I just had a look, and Atani in his last season at the plate was very similar to where Suzuki was. But again, do with that what you will. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Atani uh, also had a, a one point nothing OPS in 2016. And that's when he was 21, 22. Suzuki's obviously a bit older. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, it's one of those that's, um, that's definitely high upside, I'd say. There And there's not too much a risk because they're not, I mean, like they're not in a competitive mode at the moment anyway. Like they're not expected to be competitive right now after clearing everything out. So, yeah, it's kind of, the downside is if it's bad, I guess, and that they can do this rebuild in three years and then his money's just in the way. Yeah. But that's like worst case scenario. I mean, you'd think with that sort of production that he should be like an average, a league average hitter. At least, yeah. At least, yeah. And if he's that, then it's just, okay, he's overpaid, fine. But then he's not, he's not overpaid until 2032. He's overpaid until... 2027 or whatever that like you can live with that can you yeah i mean yeah I, yeah I, I quite like that deal i think we need to um wrap up here 
yes you know, very nearly out of time and we are going to do um do do another one of these probably before the season starts get the hype going for the baseball season um and yeah look at the website and subscribe and give us leave us five star views as well actually wherever you yeah can. that would be nice um yeah we'll do um, one looking forward i guess when we yeah rather than looking back at player movement stuff we'll have a look yeah we'll, we'll pick some topics to talk about looking forward to the season and um dive into them so look out for that bye bye